Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley, and each week I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon prep, and they will share some things with us that we did not hear in the sermon. The goal of the podcast is to ask things like, why did our church need to hear this message on Sunday? Or, why did you personally need to preach this message? The pastors will also share some practical next steps. We're glad you're here listening. Here's my conversation with Pastor Jeff. All right. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Uh, Good, Claire. How are you? Fine. Um, You and I are both a little tired. We're recording this a little bit later than we usually do. Um, But uh, we're going to make this work and I'll edit out all the yawns. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, Well, Jeff, let's recap what you preached from Sunday. It was the introduction to our our study on the book of James, which we're calling James uh, Practicing Faith. And you preached from the first chapter, verses 1 through 18. And so even in your sermon, you had to do cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. So I imagine there's some things you'd like to revisit. Why don't you give us that big picture idea of what you covered in your sermon? Sure. So uh, James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he was a prominent leader in the early church in Jerusalem. And he opens his letter uh, writing to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, so Christian Jews who were scattered around the Mediterranean world. Uh, And these people are facing all kinds of trials and challenges, trials from without and uh, some challenges within the congregation. Uh, And so James's letter, as you read through it, uh, doesn't sound like one of Paul's letters. He he doesn't start with a lot of background of what the gospel is and what God has done for us in Jesus, uh, because he's writing to people who had already grown up in a rich heritage of understanding God's work and relationship with them as their covenant God. And so he just sort of jumps in and uh, says, hey, here's some things you really need to know. And he sounds kind of more like um, the book of Proverbs or uh, a prophet uh, than what we often think of as, again, a a New Testament uh, letter. Uh, So one commentator said it's sort of a well-crafted punch to the gut. Uh, people that James loves, uh, sort of like a, an older brother coming along and saying, guys, come on, you, you know this, you know better than this. So uh, this first section, which is a, a long one to start with, and, and I kind of felt like we were going at 60 miles an hour through the whole thing. Uh, James is introducing himself, greeting his, uh, greeting his readers, and then just jumping in with this challenging statement about considering it all joy when you face trials of various kinds. And that kind of catches us off guard, I think, just like James intends. But that really is the overview and kind of the big message that grabs our attention and that James is going to explore. What, how did, why, how, what does that look like? And those, so James then goes on to develop what those trials look like uh, in various measures, uh, conflicts, maybe jealousy between rich and poor, people looking down on one another, uh, going through trials and difficulties from the the world around them, uh, dealing with uh, how we speak to one another. uh, When we're in the middle of trials, uh, how do I even know what to do? Uh, And 
why, why is God even doing this? Can I believe that God is even good in the middle of this trial? And, and that's what James wants us to get is he's sort of anticipating all these questions and uh, answering them for this, uh, for us so that we know God really has a purpose in all these trials. There is a process that, that's at work to make us mature and complete. Mm-hmm. And it's in fact through those trials that we experience joy as we trust that God is good in the process in all the pain and the confusion and the uncertainty because God answers prayer, he gives wisdom, he strengthens us, and he's doing it ultimately for our good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. And as you were talking, you reminded me, we did push out onto social media a short video of you giving uh, just a big picture of the book of James, just like what you just did now. Maybe it has a few other details, so I'd encourage people if they haven't listened to it, it's about five minutes. We put it out there because we felt like um, that was, you know, more information that you wanted to be able to get to in your sermon, but we might not have time for. So if people miss that, I encourage them to check it out on um, either Facebook or Instagram. Um, Okay, Jeff, we're going to do a different exercise that we've uh, not tried before. We'll see how this goes on the podcast. I like new things. Okay, so Jeff, I'm going to start a sentence for you and I, with the, the context of the book of James, and you can uh, finish it, okay? I'll try. Okay. The most quoted verse in the book of James might be? Um, hmm, that's a good one. Count it all joy. Um... Let everyone be slow to speak, uh, quick, quick to quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are ones that come to mind. Um, when I think about the Book of James, mm-hmm. I think a challenge, a, a loving challenge, a gracious, yeah, a kind of gracious push. How to live out our faith, uh, mm-hmm. really. Um, mm-hmm. This James is going from theory to just down, down and dirty practical realities of here's how to treat one another. Here's how to live. Here's how to speak. Here's what to care about. Here's what to avoid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The last time I studied the book of James, God taught me. I'm thinking particularly of the passage in James five, where uh, it's this interesting picture that James has of if anyone's sick, have him call the elders and pray and anoint him with oil and the prayer offered in faith will, he will be raised up because the prayer of a righteous person, well, in the old King James, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, the, the fervent effectual prayers of the righteous are effective. Uh, that's continues to challenge me and my own, I guess, Double-mindedness, James would probably call it. Do I really believe that my prayers really make a big difference? Because that's what James is saying. Elijah was a man like we are. He prayed for three and a half years and it didn't rain. And then he prayed and God brought rain back to the land. That's That challenges my faith. Uh, mm-hmm. And do I really believe that not just that my prayers matter, but that they make a big difference, James says. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to honestly say, can true confession, the, the length, the depth of my prayer life sometimes doesn't suggest that I believe that enough. Mm-hmm. I would say I 
also in there with you. I'm sure a lot of people are as they're listening. And I'm looking forward to going through that passage. Are you lined up to preach that passage? Do you know if someone else? I am confident that it will be either me or Joey. Okay. Um, Well, Jeff, uh, let's do one more. Okay. Um, Keeping the congregation in mind. By the end of the series, you hope that our church knows. That's a good one, knows. Um, or has learned or grown. Yeah, I would say a, a better sense of what it looks like to live out our faith in everyday life. Because that's what James is about. That that's why we're calling it practicing faith. It's not just something we know. It's a life that we live. Uh, so for me and for all of us, I, I want to get to the end of this series and both be more committed and better equipped to put this faith into practice every day mm-hmm. in real ways. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for yeah, trying that, that was, with me. That was kind of fun. Did I win anything? Um, a high five. Awesome. Air high five. Yeah. Uh, Well, Jeff, why don't you give us um, a point of application before we wrap up? Uh, Something that Um, maybe you didn't get to have time to include in your sermon. Yeah, this was the old saying is uh, every pastor preaches three sermons uh, per week. The sermon you prepare, the sermon you deliver, and the sermon you wanted to prepare. And this was a thought that came to me, uh, this particular uh, image or quote that, that just came to me yesterday um, after I'd already preached. Uh, so Mike Tyson was a famous uh, boxer, heavyweight champion, um, just in, in, incredibly impressive in his boxing career, almost unstoppable in the 80s and 90s. And, and he had this great saying about boxing. He said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And I thought, I, when I, I, I don't know why that came to my mind, but I think in a sense, that's kind of what James is saying to us um, or what he's trying to help us acknowledge that, you know, we may have a lot of theories uh, or ideas about going through trials or what I would do in that person's shoes or, you know, how I would deal with it. And then we get punched in the face by life. Uh, And I think James is trying to encourage us to say, actually, it it is good to have a plan and here's what I want to help you understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the plan would be some of the things that we looked at from James one, just be aware of these temptations that we're facing or we're going to face in trials. Uh, The temptation to believe, I don't know what to do. So I'll just throw up my hands or, you know, God's put me in a position where I guess I just have to give into this sin or, Uh, maybe I can't even really trust that God is good. And James is saying, no, I want you to have a plan. If you're not going through trials right now, you need to have a serious plan for how to deal with those, uh, the suffering, the pain, and the questions that can come up. And that's where he's coming back to the the big idea that we talked about on Sunday, which is trust the process to find joy in the trial. Mm -hmm. Trust that there is a process that God is at work using to bring joy in the trial. And I just say review that that passage that we looked at and maybe even look at what are those areas where I'm most tempted in suffering and pain. Uh, 
uh, to doubt the process, to doubt that God is good in the process. Uh, and, and have a plan because we're going to face trials. We all are. We all do. We all will. Uh, and remind myself that there is a God who's doing good in the middle of the trial. And maybe ask God to help us make that the first thing that I jump to, that I flip to when the pain hits, when the questions come. To just mm -hmm. stop, remind myself, there's a process and God wants me to find joy here. Yes. And I think the first part of the process is just being willing to be in the process. Yeah. Like be willing to sit in the uncomfortable or the sadness or the muck and the yep. mud and just then wait and see. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's hard. R remind my, maybe even remind myself daily, I may get punched in the face today but God is still good. And hopefully not literally, uh, but you know, we, we take some emotional gut punches, physical, relational, uh, financial sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the deal of living in a broken world. I'm going to get punched. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I don't want to crumple. So uh, I first, you're right. First, just be aware that it's, it's there and uh, God knows and he's with me in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If this conversation has blessed you in any way, we encourage you to consider sharing it with others. If you ever wish to submit questions to our pastors following their Sunday sermon, you can email your questions to podcast at faithliveitout.org, and we'll do our best to cover the question in the episode. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, so it, one commentator said it's sort of a well-crafted gut to the punch. Uh, <laughs> one commentator says it's sort of a well-crafted punch to the gut.